This is episode number 43 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. In episode number 42, I taught you a way to listen that can help others feel less alone. Then, unexpectedly, I ended up skipping a week, which I have rarely done in my nearly year-long run of weekly podcasts. Last week, I needed to stay quiet. It was a difficult week. This episode, I want to emphasize how it came to pass that the challenging event that I went through, rather than eroding my intimate relationships, brought me closer to the people I love. This episode is about our miscarriage. If you or someone close to you has gone through a miscarriage, this may be a triggering story for you to hear. Please feel free not to tune in if it would most honor your needs. If you choose to listen, my hope is that my story may bring soothing to whatever places in you might be tender in connection to this topic. This past week, everyone I told about our loss said either one of two things— I had a miscarriage too, or my mother had a miscarriage. Yet, prior to my own, I had never heard a miscarriage story, which left me sorely unprepared. Miscarriages so regularly happen in isolation and secrecy, I'm learning, despite the fact that one in three pregnancies end in miscarriage. I share my account in the hopes of normalizing this widely occurring but rarely spoken of event and perhaps to offer an education that may fill in some gaps and soften the edges should you find yourself in a similar place too. Okay, here goes. We were 11 weeks pregnant when the midwife told us that she couldn't verify our pregnancy. It was our second clinic visit and the first during which she did a physical exam. She said the results were simply inconclusive. We left that appointment crestfallen. After discussing her feedback, we decided to commit to trusting in our pregnancy until my body told us otherwise. The next evening, we had our answer. The cramps began after dinner. At first, they were mild waves that felt uncomfortable, though bearable. Throughout the night, I slept intermittently, breathed through the sensations, and listened to my husband's snore. I felt calm. I knew my body was taking over, and my job was to stay present. By 7 a.m., after I got out of bed, the pain amplified quickly beyond my threshold. The waves became tsunamis. I was doubled over in panic and agony. At that time, I had no idea that miscarriage could include a full-blown labor and that it would end in an actual delivery. I assumed it would be like a period and that I would be uncomfortable and it would pass quietly. I had no idea what I was in for. If I had known, we could have put supports in place, prepared our physical space, readied our psyches, grounded spiritually, and begun breathing much earlier. As it was, we were knocked senseless by the ferocity of the pain and the groundlessness of not knowing. I have never before had an experience like that. I felt like a wild beast fighting for one singular thing, to make the pain stop. I genuinely believe childbirth does not have to be painful, and that whether or not it is has everything to do with the mother's feeling of being empowered, 
supported, and ready. My miscarriage was agonizing. I had no stories, no education, and no normalizing to ground the physical stress in awareness. I had one thing only on my side. I had Rich. He was with me the entire time. I couldn't tell him what to do because I didn't know. And he stayed in the chaos with me, kneeling by the tub, spraying me down with warm water and praying alongside me. I remember at one point he tried to feed me and I'm pretty sure I flung the almond butter across the bathroom, yet still he stayed. When he was near, the edge of the pain was less ragged, and I believe largely because he was using his love and concern to ground me, I found the next most important ally through the storm. I found my voice. As each wave came, I screamed at the top of my lungs. The sound was monstrous, ugly, desperate, and it worked. Instead of leaving me behind in the wake of the pain, the sound helped me catch up to the pain. Wave after wave of pounding contractions came, and I met them with wave after wave of wailing, refusing to let the pain knock me out of my body. Trauma is a being left behind, a not being able to stay present, and often a getting stuck. With Rich's help and deeply trusting he would understand, I screamed my way through. Until the waves peaked, I released the pregnancy, and my body began slowly to relax and heal, which I have been doing ever since. Okay, let's take a breath together and maybe let it out with sound with an exhale and wiggle your toes to ground as you keep listening. So now you've heard our story, the rest of which can be found in a blog on my website. This next part is the part of the podcast that is more of the exhale and the debrief. I want to invite you to reflect with me on the significance of my partner's support and the unique role of community in helping me heal through this experience. As you can tell, Rich and I were clearly caught off guard by the intensity of events on the morning of our miscarriage. We couldn't afford to problem-solve or work things out. We needed to immediately respond. And we could, because we had a clear path to connection. We didn't have to wade through resentments or unspoken apologies or chronic dissatisfaction in addition to the physical stress. Many pregnant people go through their miscarriages unaccompanied or with a partner from whom they are disconnected. My heart shudders. I believe if I had been alone literally or psychically that I would have easily gotten stuck in the experience, needed someone to blame, and withdrawn deeply into myself, unavailable for connection. That was not what happened. Instead, as we have been healing, Rich and I have plunged more deeply into trust in one another than we ever have before. It has been a quiet victory underneath our loss. In the days that followed, we told our news to a small handful of friends and family, and we have been met with a profound outpouring of courage, generosity, and kindness that has, day by day, helped us find our ground. The love is mending our hearts. 
having recognized how few reference points there are for talking about pregnancy loss, yet how important it is to receive support, I want to leave you with some informed encouragement should you find yourself in a support role for someone living through a miscarriage. Though you may be afraid to say the wrong thing, from my perspective, saying nothing is the wrong thing. You can reply with something simple like, I don't know what to say except that I am so sorry. And then at that point, don't add anything else. Stay present, stay on the phone, hold their gaze, offer an embrace, cry with them. Just don't look away or go away or stay silent. Your willingness to reach out and stay in, stay in is what makes the unbearable bearable. Bring your courage to meet the courage of the family that will now be living with this for the rest of their lives. Two, go back to episode number 42 on listening with the focus on the other person's experience. Though you may be tempted to tell them about your miscarriage or your sadness or something about you, and at some point that may be useful, see if at first you can keep it about them. A wise friend recently pointed out that a miscarriage is both a birth and a death. It takes enormous space to digest the magnitude and the complexity of this event. Give them space and keep the focus on their process as you listen. It will be a gift to their healing. For this week's homework, tell the people you love that you love them. If you are putting off checking in on someone, make the call. Scrub clean the residue in the way of your relationships and feed your connections with kindness. Day-to-day intimacy is often humbling and may feel unrewarding in the immediate, yet you never know when you will need to call upon the people closest to you. The hard times can wrench us apart or forge our bonds in fire. What makes the difference is what we do each day. May your intimacy practices be steady and be there to hold you when you most need to be held. I close with a thank you for being another brave someone who is now holding our story with us. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, 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 oh.